This is a very, very proud day for us, especially me. Your father, me, beat City Hall. It's just like David and Goliath, only this time, David won. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. That's right, it's Two Bad Neighbors. Hi. <laughs> Your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. My name is Greg. My name is Alan. Fantastic. And we are here almost at the end of season nine. Yeah, thank God. But this is a very special episode. It's the 200th episode Whoa. of The Simpsons. And it came and went with zero fanfare. In the actual episode itself. Oh, yeah. The episode doesn't really reference it. It does not acknowledge no. that it is the, the promotional episode. stuff did a bunch. Yes, yeah. of course. However, I just watched the 600th episode oh, God. of The Simpsons today. Uh-huh. And by God, do they ever acknowledge it. It's not just the 600th episode, but it's also a Halloween special. I do believe it's the Halloween special in season 28. Uh, yeah, season uh, 28. Um, and let's see which, uh, which l- fun little things are in this treehouse. There's, uh, well, I guess you watch it so you can I did. tell me. There's a <laughs> segment called Dry Hard, I believe. Okay. Um, which is, uh, it, it's, it starts with, it, it is one of the most I- incoherent episodes or segments of Treehouse of Horror that I've ever seen. Because Is this the one about Mo? No. Okay. It starts out as like Lisa has a narration and it's like first there was no water, then there was no water for a really long time. And so like Springfield's just a big desert and there's like fire coming out of the fire hydrants. But then it turns out that it's a parody of the Hunger Games. Uh, oh. Yeah. And then uh, about halfway it's called dry hard th- yes halfway through the uh segment uh someone uh oh barney in the plow king uh tractor uh goes through the big dome that the hunger games happen in and frees all the kids and then it turns into a mad max parody right specifically fury road yeah um and it does that and then it turns into a waterworld parody yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia. It says in a four-part parody. Yes, <laughs> four part. in seven minutes. <laughs> the Hunger Games, Mad Max Fury Road, um, yeah, Waterworld. Yeah, I don't know what the fourth. They're one just was. flailing. Yeah, hey. it was really bad. It's really, really, really bad. The second one, I think it's BFF. R.I.P. R.I.P. Is actually it's it's okay. Um, Lisa's Lisa, imaginary yeah. friends. Lisa conjures an imaginary friend that oh. is that actually is like takes incorporeal form and is homicidal. Um, Voiced by Sarah Silverman. Oh, is that Sarah Silverman? Yep. Didn't matter. Um, <laughs> That's a strong elevator pitch, though. That's good. That's yeah, a no, it's it's pitch. it's it's good, and it and it and it manages to hold the seven minutes. Um, it, like the the kills are funny. Like <laughs> oh yeah, great. The, the great, deaths great. are funny, which is something that you always want in a Treehouse of Horror. Um, sure. And I also watched the uh, Sideshow Bob Kills Bart recently. The, the Treehouse. Yeah. yeah, the Treehouse of Horror, where Sideshow Bob Kills Bart. It's really awful. Ah. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. No, not not really. <laughs> but there it is. Is that late season as well? That's season 27. Oh, boy. I, was, I, I jumped past the golden years um, to see if there were any other good Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. There's not really. Outside no. of the golden years, like, there's... And even then, for me, I think there's like four truly great Halloween episodes that I keep going back to. Um, other than that, I'm just like, eh. 
they really hitched like they hitched the horse to that wagon and they've just run with it but it's really not like that well was dry in season six like pretty much like it's getting there like i think season eight has some fun stuff it's like the there's the thing and i in season eight, which, oh, which is that that's with the uh, Bart, yeah, uh, Bart's twin. twin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that one's all right. That one's all right. Yeah, I, I, I still maintain that for the most part, up to like season fifteen or so, the treehouse are the best parts of a season in outside the golden years. Um, I agree with that. I still but I like, still don't like them. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> My, the the problem occurs when it starts to veer away from horror parodies and into just e- pop culture parodies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like Which you is... missed. You, you didn't miss, but you forgot to mention Mo Finger. Oh yes, Mo which Finger. Is of course, a parody of Goldfinger. It is, oh. and it also isn't. It can't really decide if it wants to be a parody of Kingsman: The Secret Service. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of both, and it's with uh, appearance by Steely Dan. <laughs> No Which way. is the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's a reference, Aja. of course, to the Leonard Skinnerd moment in uh, the uh, in 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 Kingsman Secret oh, Service when Colin yes. Firth just okay. massacres that church oh, full yeah. of people. Oh, man, that's such a great to, scene to Freebird. It's great. Yeah. yeah, but the Steely Dan song. While Bart Which jumps is around it? and kills people, dirty work. I don't know. I don't know. Steely, <laughs> it's probably Dan. dirty work. I'm guessing it's dirty work. <laughs> it's probably dirty work. I it had a really long intro. Do your dirty work. Well, that's the thing. Oh yeah. The thing is, it didn't like the song didn't start. Oh, that was the joke. It oh. was like it was just the intro of the song, and no one started singing. You know, yeah. I feel like in the Venn diagram of people who like Kingsman: The Secret Service and people uh-huh. who like Steely Dan. Oh yeah. It's just two circles. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what they were thinking with this shit. <laughs> Bunch of boomers on the writing staff still, it's, just like, hey, you know what? You know who's hot? Steely Dan. They really slap. It's like that. It's like that's that. It's like Oh Hello on Broadway, uh-huh. where they have that awful realization at the end, where it's like, wait, are none of you familiar <laughs> with the bu- music of Steely, Steely Dan? Because <laughs> the whole show's kind of predicated on that. But the thing is, they have the realization, so the joke is such a great payoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas The Simpsons don't have the self awareness. They're just earnestly. Using steely They're Dan. earnestly using wow, steely. Wow! 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 <laughs> wow! Um, yeah. Well, this is the 200th episode. We have a new guest here. We do. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Braden Griffiths, everybody. Yeah. Hi. My name's Braden Griffiths. Yeah. Good to uh, have you with us. Actor. Thank you for having me. Thespian. Performer. All three just synonyms. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but if you say them all, it sounds a lot more it impressive. Makes me sound like a triple threat. <laughs> He's also a plurite. Uh, yes, yep, a plurite. Yep. I do. I do write the plus. Yeah. 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 Um, and a um, human. Human being. <laughs> human man. True, true. Yes. I'm not one of the lizard um, people. That's right. I am a human man. Frequent. Frequent guest of Boathouse. Finally yeah, on yeah. the show. Very mm. exciting. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, good to have you here, and uh, we're going to do something that we do with all of our new guests. We'll ask you, what's your story? 
Oh, my story, like generally my whole life or no. just in terms of <laughs> let's, the distance? Let's narrow it Start down. Start at birth. <laughs> Start at the beginning or... Where you, were you born? General Hospital, Calgary, <laughs> 1984. If you can't, if you if you don't know or can't remember your birth, start with your earliest memory. <laughs> okay, great, um, great. Preferably I... one that's painful. This oh, is all being no. recorded. Wait a minute. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what we're going to be doing is I want to, we just want to know like what your story is in regards to The Simpsons. Yeah. Like when, when did you first encounter the simpsons uh how did you watch it growing up and if you have a favorite episode tell us about that yeah great 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 um okay so uh the simpsons would have been on for a little my first memory of the simpsons was somebody talking about not being allowed to watch the simpsons when i was in grade five classic Classic. yeah yeah yeah. so not being allowed it was her name was gail i wish i could remember her last name otherwise it's just a lady named gail Uh, lady named gail is fine we don't want to dox people yeah But if you're out there, Gail, <laughs> yeah, please write in. It <laughs> might be you. Uh, yeah, I remember. And and something in my heart was like, yeah, that show's not good for <laughs> kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was on at like, I want to say like four o'clock. They would run two episodes back to back after school. Yep. And I really fell in love with The Simpsons. Um, and there was no rules in my house when I was a kid, so it it was always just like a trust thing. (laughs) No rules. (laughs) Give them all the rope, and if they hang themselves, that's their fault. Um, uh, So then I started watching it, and I was in love with The Simpsons right up until, I mean, sort of when it starts to jump the shark, like season nine, season 10 is where I start to fall off. I might make it to like season 12. And then... uh, when DVDs became a thing, I got like really into collecting DVDs and I got obsessed with collecting The Simpsons. And I think I got off on, I think the last one I have is season 12 or something yeah. like that. But I've, I've always loved this. There's some stuff, as we were watching this episode, there's some stuff that is like, it is buried in my memory palace, like certain aspects, like when the Boogie lantern is there and Homer's dance, <laughs> like just the animation of that dance is buried in my brain somewhere. It is, right. it is... Yeah, it's just stitched into my soul, some of this stuff. So, yeah, that's my Simpsons story, I'd say. <laughs> oh, and favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, I actually really love the New York episode. I, I, Yeah, like I've rewatched it recently, and it might not be the greatest episode of all time. Correct. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, even if it's not the greatest episode, it's okay for it to be your favorite. Yeah, like yeah. I do, there are just, there are jokes in that episode that I really, I love crab Kalash, the Mountain Dew, the, the crab, crab juice. juice. Yeah. Yeah. Great joke. I love yeah. that joke. Um, I like the Homer driving the car with it, like it scrapes oh, off the, the wheel well of that. That hurts my soul to <laughs> yes. see every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it's actually sort of, it's not, I, I will actually admit, it's not the great, it's a good conglomeration of a bunch of good jokes. It's not the yeah. greatest episode. The Simpsons. The structure isn't isn't ideal for you, but like the the bits are so yeah. are so great that you can look past that. Yeah, yeah, I like the yeah, I like the bits of it. So yeah. yeah, that's probably the one I would pull off the top of my head. It's one of my favorite episodes as well. Yeah, um, and probably for that reason, I just love the bits and I love them going to New York. I yeah. think it's funny as hell. And I really love the the flashback that that Homer's flashback to New York set to the oh, to, yeah. to, to the entertainer. Yeah. Yes, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, like the pimp chasing him down the street, <laughs> him falling into the manhole. Uh, the cop on him by Woody Allen. The, yeah, the garbage dumped oh on him by Woody God. Allen. The that's cop right, stealing right. his bag. Yeah, that part's great. I love the the cop stealing his bag. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, listeners have already listened to our episode on that ep- on that uh, episode, but uh, I'm not a big fan of that one. But less because of the bits of it, and more because of the what it represents to me. Yeah, of course. And it's the beginning of season nine, which I still maintain is not a great season. Uh, we're almost done, and that opinion has not changed. Uh, thank you for telling us your story. Shall we yeah. dive into the episode? Why not? Uh, this is Trash of the Titans, the 22nd episode of Season 9, written by Ian Maxstone Graham, directed by Jim Reardon. Original air date, April 26, 1998. And I went into this expecting to really, really like it, and I think I soured on it immensely, oh, this watch. All right. Interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, I remember this being a, a highlight of Season 9. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, don't get me wrong, I still think there's some good stuff, but uh, I was so excited to be like, you know what, this is going to be another thumbs up right near the end of uh, uh, of the season. Brayden, if you don't know, I've been doing thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways for each episode this season right, be- right, to, right. to see if my theory of mostly bad is correct from, <laughs> from my own perspective. Um, and uh, let's see, the last thumbs up was, uh, was Dumbbell ago. Indemnity. Yeah, and I, I, I still think that's pretty harsh because i think trouble with trillions is a thumbs up episode still nah. uh, what's trouble with trillions which one's that one exactly uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's even one with it right in the title and he doesn't remember because it's not memorable it's not interesting it's yeah, a yeah, trillion yeah. dollar bill uh oh like yes count, I, okay yeah, you know yeah, they yeah, go to cuba yeah. yeah um anyway uh that being said yeah i i d- don't i think that this episode is almost as bad as Cartridge Family in terms of jerkass Homer. Oh yes, yeah, yes, no, a thousand percent. <laughs> it is absolutely as bad, if not worse, yeah, than Cartridge Family in terms of jerkass Homer. I am completely on board with you for that. However, I think it's to this episode's benefit mm. that jerkass Homer is turned all the way up okay. in this it is fully intentional to me because oh, i think course. this episode is a, is just a fantastic satire of populist politics and yeah i mean and the way that and the way that they can sweep people up and the way that they work they absolutely 100%. work a yeah. thousand percent of the time and all you need is someone to be the loudest and the most obnoxious in the room. Yeah. And who's going to be that in The Simpsons when you want to do a satire like this? It's going to be Homer. Of course. It has to be Homer. So the best way to use him in a function in this story is to turn up that jerkassness to 10 and right. let him just ride it out for the entire episode. Like, he, he cannot learn anything because he represents the populist politics the, the the populist politician in this episode um so he needs to be there and he at the very end when he's like what's so bad about this i'm gonna go to mo's jump across the car uh across the fucking road and he's the same he has to be the same because like do we think trump's gonna learn anything no 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 no, no. no absolutely not um they 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 cannot learn anything that's the whole point of the episode is I, I I agree with what you're saying and I understand that approach. I guess I I don't necessarily agree that for the for the purpose of the satire, I understand that he can't learn anything. For the purposes of a character that I've grown to love over nine years, right. I think he should at least have some like he as a human should at least have some kind of like rectification of what he's done and be like, hey, that was shitty of me. 
good thing other politicians you know like i don't know they they could have done they right. could have kept the satire without just completely tarnishing homer as a human uh as they've done throughout the season and that's the that's the only thing i'd push back on but i agree like the, in terms of the the satire it works re- very well with the satire we were watching and and braden was even commenting on how this is very similar though the debate they have was very similar to the biden and trump debates uh which uh you know this old episode's man coming Biden. out. This, old yeah. man Biden. Yeah, I'm this episode's four coming years out. Older than <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. This episode is coming out like four days before the uh, the true. election it's in true. the states. So this is wow, perfect. Somehow very timing, timely guys. for us. We've it's done wild. it again. We've done it again. <laughs> yeah. When he calls him old man Patterson, I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. it's yeah. just like they predict the future. So I mean, it's pebbles at a dartboard. Like when you have as many episodes as they do, when you have nearly a thousand episodes. Wow. 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 I mean, and that's the thing too, is that, uh, Patterson, the character of Patterson is portrayed as just a competent, normal person. Yep. Yes. And people are like, (laughs) 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 fuck you. (laughs) Um, which is also very good satire, you know, where it's like, yeah, like no one cares about the competent, person who can do the job they want the person who with the flashy crazy promises and that's also a very trumpian thing you know yeah. with all the stuff he promises first election and uh has not <laughs> delivered on <laughs> um you know which in in a way is good but uh is also just like very uh evident of how politics work uh i mean we have our our own prime minister uh made the electoral reform promises that he sure did he, oh, he fell yeah. back on you know like yeah. that he as soon as he wins the majority immediately yeah flushed it down the drain i bet he's wishing he didn't do that now yeah yeah you're probably right yeah <laughs> oh boy trudy because that's um, that's what happens when you get a when you're in a majority and then you get elected into a minority. You're like, oh darn, I won a lot more votes than is reflected in the in 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 the map of the House of Commons. I probably should have done that electoral reform while I had the majority. Yeah, hundred percent. But you never think the majority is going to run out no, when the no, good no. times are going. <laughs> you're sitting pretty. Yeah, let the good times roll. Yeah, is that a Steely Dan song? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm not very familiar you with the musical catalog of Steely Dan. <laughs> oh, it's a song by the Cars. My bad. There you go. Um, very different band. So, Braden, yes. What did you think of this episode? Okay, so I've always really liked this episode because uh, my dad, Mr. Dave Griffiths. Yes, I'm ran... so glad we're oh, getting into out. this. Oh yeah, yeah. Hi, Dad. Uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a Patreon subscriber. We've seen his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's right. Um, I may actually tell him to listen to this episode, but this episode uh, has always resonated with me because my dad. Uh, was the head of sanitation in Calgary when I was growing up. Amazing. So he's retired now, but um, and it's called Waste and Re- they rebranded to Waste and Recycling Services. So, uh, right. so I've uh, this re- this episode has always resonated with me on a personal level. Watching it this, t- there's no B plot in nope, this. No. There's no B. Pl- I no. was always I was keeping an eye out for the B plot, and it does that thing. Now I'm not a Simpsons like. I, I love The Simpsons. I love a, an era of The Simpsons, but it mm-hmm. starts to do that thing where it starts in one place and then it does a crazy left turn at one point and then sort of gets to the point. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a, we call that a badger plot. Yes. We, uh, it's a badger plot. Yes, okay, which is okay. based on a f- uh, future episode where a badger is the, the main conflict at the beginning of the episode and then he goes to call... 
uh, like animal services, and it's like what wrong area code, and, and then it becomes like a plot about two different area codes in Springfield, oh and the badger yeah. even shows up, and he's like, get out of here, we got bigger problems now, and so we've kind of coined the term badger plot where that That's takes great. place. This is like. This is close to a badger plot, but it doesn't take a full act. Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's five minutes tops. Which is why I'm like, I'm more into it because he he decides to like he like the trash thing is in is completely in, introduced by the time the first act is over. Yeah, yeah, and the like, love day thing is the quote unquote badger plot, and it's very brief. It's very minimal, um, and allegedly they were. Trying like they were, and this is like a good kind of representation of how the writers' room was going at this time. Is they were trying to get to the point of the garbage being overflowed and Homer stuffing it down. Like that was the moment they were trying to get to. They were writing backwards from that, and that's how Love Day came came about. Well, and it is a big thing because like Christmas, like Christmas wrapping paper is a oh, yeah. huge like, and Christmas trees being thrown out, like the waste from Christmas. I remember my dad being wildly or. You know what? I mean, there's so much infrastructure in place by the time, you know, he's sort of 20 years into that job that it's not, but it is a busy time for yeah. waste and recycling. He comes services. home like George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life, and he's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, would you quit playing that damn piano, Brayden? <laughs> oh, Dad. Oh, Dad, I got to practice. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh the... shut that kid up, would you? <laughs> the, foil re- the foil paper got into the recycling again, hey? Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry, Dad. Those, those petals. <laughs> <laughs> um, movie rules. Uh, <laughs> still Frank never seen, it. seen no, it. Still never seen it. Make you watch it. Yeah. Oh, this is. Uh, it's a wonderful life. I've yeah. never seen it. Either. Oh my god, you guys! Yeah, All I these know. references are lost on you both. <laughs> the listeners are laughing their heads off right now at how funny I'm being. I mean, anyway. I love Jimmy Stewart. I love more than actually. You know what? More than Jimmy Stewart, I love Jimmy Stewart impressions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, from anyone. Yeah. It's like, I'll lasso the moon and oh. give you the moon or whatever yeah. the fuck. I don't know. No, that's pretty, I've cool. never that's pretty seen, much it. I've never seen a Jimmy Stewart movie. What do you want, I've, the moon? <laughs> I've always say the world, I'll throw a lasso around uh, and pull it down. I got vertigo. Every time I watch that movie, uh, there's, a be- there's a moment at the beginning of the movie where a druggist is uh like accidentally going to poison someone because he's <gasps> depressed because he gets a, it's a the movie's very good but it's very sad like you have to get to the ending because it's so cathartic but uh it's like this drug is like got gets a phone call because it's wartime and it's like oh your son has died in the war and so he's really Ooh. depressed so he's like accidentally mixing the wrong things and uh george bailey jimmy stewart as a little boy is like oh sir i think you're doing the wrong thing he's like shut the hell up and he like hits him in the ear and he starts Whoa. bleeding and every so every time i watch it i'm like uh <laughs> like this is because like that's not played as like <clears throat> like oh he shouldn't have beat that boy because that's like a normal thing at that time yeah, is sure. like oh a kid's being bad yeah hit him <laughs> you box their ears <laughs> you box yeah. their ears yeah. you see it discombobulates them. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i watch that and i'm like oh right that's like <laughs> that's like a very very sad thing to watch, but anyway, um, you know he they they reconcile and hey, greatest generation, good, you know. Yeah, what can yeah, we say? Yeah, hey. <laughs> anyway, uh, you hit your kids? Life, very oh, good movie. you bet. Oh, you bet. I hit my kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's a hitting kids joke in this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Give you such that's, a beating. I'll give you such a beating. And that's you know, that, there's jerk ass Homer. It's great joke. Rearing his head again. It's uh, a great joke. But anyway, uh, so Braden, sorry, we kind of been nope. you know, as we do, we interrupt and uh, go off on tangents. But so uh, watching this time, you notice the the badger plot, as it were. Yes, badger yeah. plot, and it it's um 
It is. I, I like the satire in it, and to be dead honest, like it hits pretty close to home yeah. to some of the things that my dad experienced. I don't know everything of what he experienced, but here in Alberta, we like to privatize things, and they were always <laughs> like there was always a lot, whole lot of wind about privatizing garbage pickup. Mm. But um, Calgary is just. It is the geographical footprint of Calgary is so huge that like garbage pickup being municipally run is kind of the only way to do it because there's so many doors, but there's always private companies coming in going, yeah, we can do it with like amphibious trucks or like we can do it for this amount of money. And it's just like my dad spent his whole career going, no, no, you can't (laughs) do it for that amount of money. Like you have no idea what's going on. So, so. I like that stuff about the episode. It is kind of, it's thin in terms of like, it's, it's a fairly good satire of like politics. I, I miss a B plot. I actually was mm. waiting for the B plot. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like the episodes for personal, re- I like the episode for personal reasons, but it doesn't kind of, it's, it passes and then it's done, which blew my mind that it's the 200th episode because it yeah. really is. There's. They do nothing no about that. Yeah. No, like yeah. it's just sort of, it's an episode in the middle of a season. And I and think it fair, shows they... admirable restraint. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And yeah. they didn't do they didn't do any fanfare with the hundredth episode they either. Did not uh, which is did sweet, they not? Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song. One Most of my favorite shows, almost every sitcom, does a massive thing, like or yeah. at least something to acknowledge that they've passed the hundred episode mark. Yeah. Because for yeah, the people, episodes more common. Yeah. For one thing. Yeah. For for the people working on a sitcom especially in the 90s, when you pass the 100 episode mark, you are golden. Oh, man, you really did it. You yeah. did it. You, can, you are. You can sell the syndication. You are syndicated, baby. Oh, boy. You get those bucks, yeah. right? Like, that's that was the... Um, but that was the reason that um, Michael J. Fox stayed on Spin City for four seasons, and he was like, we need to push for these last two seasons so we can get it across the 100 episode mark because most sitcoms only make it past the 100 episode mark in season five yeah. and he knew that his fourth season was going to be the last because the parkinson's was acting oh, up really really hard right and he was like course. i want to make sure the cast and crew and all the creatives are taken care of on this show because we don't know if it's going to get any picked up after sure, are they going to replace me or, yeah 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 he yeah. just has no idea all he knows is he can't do it anymore so he needed to get it to 100 episodes so that everyone was good Huh. And taken care of. What a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Canadian he's a good guy. hero. Yeah. I mean, I like yeah, yeah. He's a good man. Everyone should watch Back to the Future again. Oh, it but, holds up like crazy. It's yeah. It's it's like a it's it's like a breath of fresh air every oh, time man. you watch it. It was the first thing I saw in a theater during the COVID era. Yeah. When we were doing all nice. the second runs. And yeah. Other, yeah. Like, and it's awesome. Just so awesome. The Libyans. <laughs> what do you think? The Libyans. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. gigawatts. And then he leaves the Morning. room. Oh, Christopher Lloyd, man. <laughs> oh, man. I think my favorite part of Back to the Future, uh, and there's so many moments, yep. but one of my favorite moments is a silent performance by Christopher Lloyd when Leah Thompson comes into the... It only plays this good <laughs> because of the theater. If you watch it on a big screen, it plays so incredibly well. Please yeah. continue. But it, yeah, she's coming in. They like hide up the, hide the time machine or whatever. And she comes in. This is after they've met. And she's like, oh, Marty, like, come, you should come to the dance with me. or whatever. Like, She's like clearly like flirting with him or whatever. She's so thirsty she's for Marty. so horny for her it's son. crazy. And, and she's gorgeous, but she is his <laughs> oh, mom. Oh, she so is like, very, very beautiful. Yeah. Huge crush for me when I was growing up. 100%. Um, 
And but just Christopher Lloyd's reaction the entire time. If you just if you watch that scene again, just watch Christopher Lloyd. It's so fucking funny because he shares a two shot with Leah Thompson the entire time. He's behind Leah Thompson the entire time, saying things, and he's just with his eyes just like looking at Marty, like and looking at her, like this is no good, Marty. Don't don't let's don't let's happen. It's so funny. Ah, I love it so much. Oh. He's always silently vibrating. I love Christopher <laughs> yeah. Lloyd. He's just, he is kinetic energy in an actor. I love yeah. Christopher Lloyd so yeah. much. Um, back to the future. Why are we talking about that? <laughs> uh, we were just talking about uh, the, uh, the the syndication. I said Michael J. Fox yeah, was great. Oh, yeah. That's, the future that's rules. Yeah. Thank you. There you yeah. go. Um, but yeah, very few episodes, or very few uh, shows get to 200 episodes. That's right. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So. Is 300 the first one they do? So I think I seem yeah. to yes. recall 300 yeah. being a big to-do. It's at least the first, like, 100. Yeah. Uh, they say... <laughs> multiple uh, of hundreds. Lisa <laughs> says, how many times has Dad's done something crazy like this? Marge takes out a, a, a clicker counter oh. and is like, 300 by my count. Yeah. Amazing. There you go. And that's it. Which huh. is really inaccurate because in each episode he does several bad things. So like, come yeah. on, Marge. he does several crazy things <laughs> per episode, and sometimes not. It'd be even it'd be you know it'd be really funny, and they would never do this. But in that episode, in that three hundredth episode, if the if she did that exact same thing, but it's like five thousand two hundred and sixty, <laughs> it's like some crazy number, and she's like, that's about that's about it. And then maybe maybe Lisa says like, oh, I, I thought it was only three hundred. It's like no, it's way more. <laughs> no, it's way be more. a bit more meta or like yeah. be a bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's subvert expectations, ju- yes, you know? On, they used to on. do that. They used to do that. They used very to well. be really good at doing that. Like oh. I know you said they wrote backwards from the from the trash pile. Yeah. But I also really like where they ended up by writing backwards from that. I thought that was that very opening, funny. Um like I like that boardroom a lot. Yeah. The the Costington's oh, boardroom. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, this is the other thing while watching it is for me, like because even in episodes I dislike, there's so many moments where I laugh out loud, you know, where like it yep. just very good writing, very good jokes. And and this one, honestly, there wasn't a lot of that. I was laughing a lot in that opening boardroom scene. And like once the actual plot kicks in, I am not laughing a lot personally. Really? Mm, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that I think fun, I Drake. think I know why. I, th- I think I, I I think I know why. I know you find jerk ass Homer completely repugnant. Ah, uh, yeah, and usually. So here's the thing: jerk ass Homer for me only works when he gets some kind of comeuppance or some kind of rectification. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, it just makes the episode feel grosser. Like Homer's phobia is another jerk ass Homer, yeah. arguably. But it ends with him learning a very, very minimal lesson. <laughs> and a valuable minimal <laughs> and lesson. A valuable minimal lesson. And this one, you know, I, I, I know it's kind of unfair to compare the two in a way, even though they both won Emmys. Um, but this one won an uh, Emmy? This one won an Emmy. This won an Emmy? It sure did. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well wow. deserved. Yeah. And, For what? Do you know what? Uh, outstanding animated program. Actually, it won yeah. the big one? That's yeah. great. This was the one they put forward, hey? Yep. Holy yep. cow. As, it's good. It's a good episode, guys. <laughs> I like this episode a lot. <laughs> you know what? I love the episode. It's just thinner than I thought it Like It's yeah. thinner than I remembered it, but it won the Emmy, so who am I to say? I mean, I also think Lord. like a big waste of Steve Martin, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, Ray Patterson... Uh, I think is a well-written character, but like, just give it to Dan or something. You know, like I think just just Harry Shearer. Or one it would have been like it would have been, been fine. totally fine if it was Harry Shearer. Yeah. I do appreciate that they had someone like Steve Martin do it because I do think that he's funny in it, and that brings me. Can we talk Steve Martin? Of course. Oh yes. Let's, let's. talk. Let's talk Steve Martin. Um, 
I think he's one of the, not necessarily in this episode. He does have my favorite joke, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is one of the most effortlessly funny people on screen that I've ever seen. I've always loved Steve Martin. Like 100%. He, he barely has to do anything, and he's just, he's charming and funny at the same time. Absolutely. And like, even in like my favorite Steve Martin movie is Bowfinger. I it's a great movie. Love that movie. Yeah. He is a complete scumbag yeah. in the movie. And he makes no illusions of it. That nope. everything he does is um unethical and just bad. Yeah. And mostly illegal as well. <laughs> yeah. And fraud. Yeah, all this fraud, yeah. all of it. And the thing is, you're kind of on board with him the entire time because he's Steve Martin. And yeah, directed he, by Frank Oz. And directed by oh, Frank yeah, Oz, of course. Oh, man. Uh, he also directs Steve Martin in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, sure which is uh, another... Also a very good Steve Martin scumbag movie. Great Steve Martin scumbag. He plays scumbags so well that you don't even really realize that they're scumbags. No, you're always right. cheering for him. He has that Hanksian, Tom Hanksian quality of, like, you just like them. He does, but he's also he can also be more venomous than Hanks. Can oh, hundred percent. He's got a better edge yeah. than Hanks. So yes. you know what? You know what would be a rewrite for this episode? Then mm-hmm. switch. Don't have Homer be a garbage commissioner, but have a Steve Martin scumbag character be the one coming in to try and take over oh. sc- uh, the, the the commissioner role. You give him a Lyle Lanley type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know you just yeah you have and you, you can have, uh, still keep the the garbage man song which course, I think is a highlight is of the a, episode is a very a very good yeah, uh, Simpsons great. classic Simpsons song yeah um but yeah I was just thinking about that I'm like yeah why is he playing like a straight man in this episode he's way better as a scumbag but that's it's, just you know it's interesting because he he's one of the He's one of the comedians that if you're like, I, I just like talking about him on screen. Um, like he's one of those comedic actors that can almost in the same scene. And I'm thinking of Bowfinger again here um, where he is playing the funny man, but then he also has to play the straight man so many times when he's sharing the screen with the Eddie Murphy character. Sure. Like the, the Eddie Murphy double specifically. Yeah. Um, like, he has to play like the person who's trying, who's driving the plot. He has to play the person who's like these people. And he's surrounded by weirdos the entire time yeah. in the movie. Uh, that's the whole point. And he's both funny man and straight man seemingly switching between scenes. And he is able to do it perfectly. Oh yeah. We just watched, uh, this is also another tie to my, my dad's favorite movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And oh my God, Canadian, what? Uh, Canadian Thanksgiving just passed and we used to watch it every year, which when I was a kid, it got boring, but yeah. like we watched it again and I just like, that movie is, it's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. And, and Steve Martin, and I mean, God rest John Cannon, holy moly, like what, two legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah truly doing legendary things in that movie. And Steve Martin is, he is, and he's a scumbag in that movie too, but you're, you're always cheering for Neil in that. Yeah. Movie. yeah. You're like, you, uh, the, the movie is, the movie's uh, takes, you, Neil is who you're with mm-hmm. in the movie for most of the time. Yes. A hundred percent. And, yeah. And like, and sometimes you're like, you're wondering like, why is the movie, why, why am I staying with this person? Why is the movie making me stay with this person? And it's all for that, like, for the thing that he can do, which is change. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. realize he's being a, uh, an asshole. Yeah, he's too uptight. Yeah. He's, too, he's, he's a real, he's not, 
Everybody loves John Candy, the character, yeah. Del Griffith. Everybody loves Del Griffith. Del Griffith. But, and that's my last name, Griffiths. Another tie. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, everybody loves that character, but Neil cannot like him. And what's that wall there? And that's the thing. The wall comes down at yeah. the end. And it's a beautiful performance. It's, yeah, because you. You get to have a you get to have the, the 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 change happen, and that's I guess the whole idea of the holiday movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you don't get you, like it's you don't get many classic holiday movies that are actually good. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> they try every year to make new holiday oh, yeah. movies, and so rarely do they stick. Hallmark tries to make thirty every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Do. I mean, and God bless, like they keep coming to Vancouver. Yep, keep God giving keep giving them all work. That's yep. that's great. Nice work if you can get it. The snow machine companies are just raking it in. They Good love it. Um, does Hallmark know it doesn't snow in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> The tax break's too good. Too yeah. good. They got snow machines. They don't yeah, care. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't open your mouth. It's toxic. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's uh, what's your favorite Steve Martin performance? Oh, Al? the jerk. The jerk. Oh, oh yeah. Thank 100%. you. Yeah. I really, really glad you. Made yes, that is. He, it's they, one of my favorite comedies cans. of all time. Uh, he's so good. At it. He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. <laughs> I watched that movie. I remember the moment I first watched that movie. I was at my best friend at the Times uh, house in uh, junior high, and we rented it on VHS. <laughs> we were in his basement watching it, and it was it was so weird. But then it got to that point with the cans, and I just burst out laughing. Probably oh, the yeah. loud, like the the biggest laugh I've biggest unexpected laugh I've ever had. Because I was not, I did not see that coming by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And then it keeps going, and he's running away, and there's like the soda can machine. He's like, "There's cans in there," and, <laughs> and he's just he's doing like a running bit on the cans, and I'm just like, "How the hell? This is brilliant. This is fucking gold." And uh, yeah, and and then from then that point on, I was on board with the re- entire rest of the movie. Everything was funny to me after that. His walking away, the, oh, yeah, collecting all my, the things. That's I don't I, need anything except for this and <laughs> this. Uh, and like he does that, like essentially rake joke for like ten minutes, and somehow makes it funny each time. Oh yeah. Um, he, there's a moment specifically. I can't remember what object it is, but he's like he's doing kind of the same basic setup each time. Uh, you know, and then at one point he just goes, "Oh, I need this," and like it's not like the big setup anymore. It's just like, "Oh, and this thing too." <clears throat> so good. I'm so glad you mentioned the rake joke. Yeah, because if you've ever listened to his stand-up, have have any of you have either of you had a chance to listen to his, his stand-up, his old stand-up? Yeah, like just a couple here and yes. there, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's there's a there's a like a, a ten minute one that he does it in like a, in, in a comedy club in San Francisco. It was like his first EP that he put out, and it was the excuse me right. bit, right? Right, because like people forget he came up with that. That was that that wasn't just a thing that has always been around. Steve Martin wrote that yeah and it was, it was linked from the super mario bros super show yeah and it was like it's it's a it's like a five minute extended bit yeah. where he's trying to get a spotlight 
in the right place and he's just like yelling at the guy in the back to can i like get a spot here and he just gets like more and more and more aggravated until he finally does the excuse me and people finally get that it's all been a bit and they just applaud because it's like the whole like he builds the tension and then just cuts it out and like his bits are all like that where they're like they just go on and on for so long that you're like it's funny at the start it's not in the yes. middle and yeah. it's really funny in the end like the the king tut bit is the same way yeah um it's a little more elaborate but he just keeps doing it <laughs> like king tut <laughs> da, da, da. was that was that stand up first or was that snl uh that was for sure that was stand up it was stand up for yeah because yeah. i knew yeah. we did it on snl i wasn't sure if it was based on his stand up yeah but, yeah um because he was the one selling out madison square garden yeah like he is he the is he the first stadium stand up yes Wow. Yeah. He 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 like in, according to his book Born Standing Up, he Great book, fantastic. Great book. Yeah. He stopped doing stand up because it was like kind of a Beatles situation. Mm. Well, yeah. Like I mean, people were saying his bits as he was doing them. Right. Wow. Wow. Like yeah, that'd be annoying. Yeah, like yeah, you got bigger than Jesus. You yeah. can't even hear yourself on stage anymore. <laughs> well, and he had so much other stuff to do. He needed to become an expressionist painter and a novelist and Playwright. play the banjo and like I'd be one of the best banjo players in the world. Oh man, I went to his concert. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name of his band and the Steve Martin and the they won a Grammy. They're it was phenomenal. Yeah, because a it was sort of a Steve Martin stand up thing. Yeah. At the same, like between songs, he got Steve Martin stand up, um, whether he meant to or not. And then he, he also just rips on the banjo. He is like he's a disarmingly good. Oh my at lord! It. Like when he starts playing, you're like, "How are you doing this? How yeah. did you have the time to learn how to do this? Uh, to learn how to play the banjo, a very difficult instrument, by the way. Oh yeah, wild, yeah. Uh, a, an instrument I've been playing for a long time. Oh, and really? Am oh. nowhere even close. Yeah, it's in a. It's over there. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's uh, yeah. It's it's. I'm nowhere close to even like I can't even see the the path to being yeah. like that, and it's just incredible. And it brings me back to the episode in a way that I'm thinking like in the episode burns baby burns. That's with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Right. And they basically sacrifice an entire episode to Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. And yep. they write an episode around his character. Yeah. And this is where I'm thinking, Alan, you're absolutely right. If the writers of in season in the season nine writing room uh respected and were and admired Steve Martin's contribution to comedy as much as they did in season eight to Ronnie Dangerfield's contribution to comedy, they would have made a much more interesting and iconic character for him to play out yeah. the gate. Yeah, and again, like I, I don't like the Rodney Dangerfield uh, episode, as, as no. listeners know, but um, I guess it's it's trying to find that balance between making it just a Steve Martin character and making it an original character, but giving Steve Martin the ability to use his uh, yeah. his skills yeah, right. well, that's, in that the is way the, that's most interesting. That is the beauty of Steve Martin, though. He is an actual actor. Of course, like, he's, yeah. He's a good, he's a talented actor. Whereas Rodney Dangerfield wasn't really an actor. He was no. just Rodney, right? Yeah. And that's why people loved him. Of course. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me think, like, they put an entire episode in service of this guy uh, and his comedy styling. 
why couldn't they find one for why couldn't Ray Patterson be more of that? I mean, yeah, it would have been interesting if Ray Patterson was a scumbag, like, yeah, you know, secretly. And yeah. but then if he was, and you wanted it to be the Simpsons, and you wanted the characters to work the way they do, and if you wanted the and if you wanted the satire, which I believe actually comes first in this episode, if you wanted that populist satire to work, and you wanted Homer to be involved, or if you wanted the Simpsons to be truly involved, I don't see any of the other Simpsons really playing at playing it any other way. Yeah. Um, yep. So they kind of they kind of stuck themselves in this situation, and which makes me think, well, just have Shearer do it. At, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the yes. day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it costs um, a lot. It, it, I have a question mm. now. Being is is um, a guest star on The Simpsons always a one and done? Like, does anybody come back multiple oh, yeah. episodes? Well, there's. I mean, there's of course Sideshow Bob, Kelsey Grammer. Yes, um, of course. Yeah, like that's the the obvious. Uh, but there's there's a couple others. For the most part, I will say it's it's more common for it to be one and done. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Mo it's not Rocca? like hmm? Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> Uh, the guy who plays uh, Harvey uh, Dent, Kaitel. <laughs> I have no idea. Harvey the Firestein. Rabbit. You know, that's a Jimmy Stewart. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're trying, what you're reaching for here, my friend. He plays. I uh, wish I could help. He plays uh, creator of Harvey's. The he plays the itchy and scratchy guy. Roger Myers. Yeah, Roger Myers uh, Jr. played by uh, Alex, uh, Ro- Alex Rocco. Alex Rocco. I yeah. said Mo Rocco. Ro Who's a completely different guy. Yeah. It actually exists, too. Uh, wow. Yes, Alex Rocco, another like, recurring... drinking. Yes, you do. Uh, uh, I've told you this for years. Um, <laughs> but then the darkness will come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's right but, up there. I uh, go Joe Mantegna as well as yeah. Fat Tony. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's kinda, it kind of. I think it kind of depends on if they get cast as characters that they... Uh, you know, feel can be a part of the world of Springfield more more often, and if they're available, probably you know, because um, I don't think uh, when they cast Joe Mantegna as Fat Tony, they ever thought it would be a recurring character and that sure. they'd get him back whenever they wanted. But I think Joe Mantegna just enjoyed it so much that he's just like, yeah, sure, if you if you need me, let me know. You know, it's a fun role. It's a fun role. Yeah, and Fat Tony's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like. Because especially, I think it also depends, like, the the examples we listed, you know, Alex Rocco, Joe Mantegna, Kelsey Grammer, like, all arguably, like, character actors. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's maybe the closest to, like, <laughs> he plays Frasier, and he, that's pretty much it. He's but, really interesting in the fact that he was a huge star. Like, Kelsey Grammer was and is a huge star, but has character actor written all over him. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because, like, if you get, like, a big-name celebrity to voice uh, a character in The Simpsons, uh, it's just very unlikely you'd be able to get them back yeah. again, you yeah. know? True either enough, be- true. Either based on their own interest or they're just their time and they're doing other things, you know? So. Yeah. Well, and, like, I guess nowadays, correct me if I'm wrong, but nowadays they often play themselves. Yes. Like, they, yeah. And that's another, another kind of sign of the waning uh, quality that I always reference is when the celebrities start to play themselves is yes. when it becomes less interesting because then the characters in the show are just like, wow, celebrity name, it's Mickey you. Rooney. Yeah. And, like, we can talk a bit about that with this episode because yeah, we have let's do it. you two yes, playing themselves. Yeah, 100%. Uh, who, I don't know if you know this, requested to be on the show. Of course they, they did. were not really? sought out. Yep. Uh, Bono. The Edge, 
<laughs> Adam Clayton. Larry Mullins Jr. Yeah. Doesn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is one member who doesn't yep, speak. There it's Larry Mullins. I yeah. wonder if he sings. I wonder if he, he does sing never speaks. Uh, he is the drummer. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. I mean, the competent speaks. drumming He's the teller of Larry of... Mullins Jr. <laughs> and the heart of the band, <laughs> Adam Clayton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they they asked the Simpsons if they could be on the show, and so they quickly wrote them a, a, a role so they wouldn't like go back on it. I mean, for real, it was Bono and the Edge who asked to be on, and Larry Mullins and Adam Clayton just came along. They, well, I mean, they're just they're contractually obliged <laughs> they're to do con- whatever Bono yeah. and the Edge say. It's it's true, <laughs> including write a Spider-Man musical. It's true. Ooh, yeah, boy. it's Ooh, true. Boy. They uh, they have to do whatever those two say. Should we and do? Should we do a? <laughs> <laughs> a like table read of the Spider-Man musical sometime. Jesus oh, Christ. Um, I don't know if we could. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> you can stunt cast the Sinister yeah, right? Six. That's great. You can hit someone in the knee halfway through the <laughs> reading. Right. Yeah, make sure people get injured. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for Patreon, we could do that. Yeah, yeah we could. We could. Greg's, I have another. Greg's I'm, less enthused about this idea than I thought he would. Be. I have. I have another idea for a staged reading of for the Patreon that I okay. want to run by you offline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, remind me after we're done. So, um, you two. Yeah. How, do, how does everyone feel about you two? You fans? I love you two. I. Love Greg loves this them. Band. I, it was my first concert. Was you yeah. two? Wow. Yeah. I I uh, I cried uh, at the very end. It was it. What I song might, was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was Streets with No Name. Of, of course. course. Streets, yeah. of course yeah. Streets have no name. Is that right? Uh, where, where the, where where the, the streets, streets have no name. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Cried during that. Joshua Tree. I mean, fantastic. Joshua Tree. I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of my favorite albums. Yeah. One of my favorite first halves of an <laughs> oh, album. Oh, there you go. There of you all go. time. Because uh, the Joshua Tree. the second half? Well, the, the, the second half of the Joshua Tree yeah. is nowhere. Like, it's wild how iconic side a of the joshua tree is yes um it's got with or without you it's oh. got where the streets have no name yeah it's got um i still haven't found what i'm looking for Ooh, it boy. has bullet the blue sky um this is a greatest hits album these <laughs> these are yeah it's a greatest hits album on the first side of the album and yeah. then it's just like good songs on the other <laughs> sure, on the other but side. just like not not ones most layman's wouldn't recognize literally not the ones that would be the encore songs to every single other band in the world like if right. if if any other band wrote these songs, they would be the ones that you finished out the concert with every single time. And they've got four on the same half of the album that yeah. they use for that encore. It's crazy. They these these four songs I just mentioned are what you'd think of when you think of you two. I'm pretty sure those were the encore songs. They are <laughs> that I saw in the concert yeah. that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our encore, we're just going to play the first half of Joshua Tree. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever complains. <laughs> no, God, no. Because it's incredible. Not. Edge can make the Streets Have No Name opening last for a year, <laughs> oh, and yeah. you are thankful for it. <laughs> it's so cool. He is so cool. Like, he's such a good guitarist. Like, the I've always been annoyed at guitarists who overdo things. Sure. Like, if you... like. I, it's there's a lot of things you can do with a solo, right? Like is because a solo is just a just a fun scale that you're playing and you're uh, augmenting a scale, and it's have some fun with it. Great. Um, I hate it when guitar solos are overloaded with notes 
and with like flashiness. Sure. Whereas the edge is like, I'm going to play this one note and I'm going to put it on to 17 different processors and it's going to come around and around and it's going to feel like it's enveloping you. And after a minute, I'm going to throw on a second note. And Ooh. then you're going to start drowning in the music and it's going to be great. And it's like, it's like Pink Floyd taken to the next level. Right, right, right. In a lot of ways. Because yeah. how dare you? Because David, no, David Gilmour, <laughs> David Gilmour essentially invent, oh, invented that. This is no, it. This I'm, is it. He, he essentially invented that with yeah. like, like, let's like make this note sustain for two minutes. No, I know. I, I, that's what I echoes a, is. That's all echoes is. I'm a, I'm a huge Pink Floyd stan. I'm not a big U2 stan. That's the only reason. But why you I, have to I said, see. How dare you? You have no, to course, see yeah, where, the, the, where he, where like, how indebted. Yeah, of course. The edge is to. David Gilmore yeah. and it's like they're he's a progenitor very much yeah. of that uh, of that sound and they all they really do is like add a add a level of like um extra rock rockiness to it where like Pink Floyd is always spacey yeah right um and they maintain the space and add a little bit more delay to it right but like if you listen to run like hell from the wall and you do, and it's a fucking great album. And then you listen to I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. You're like, oh, this is where that comes from. They're talking to each yes, other. Yes, very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I don't love, this is such a cliche thing <laughs> to say, but I don't love, like, after the year 2000, you two. Not a, I'm oh, you don't not like putting huge, on your sexy boots? Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a huge bit. Like, and that's super cliche. But, um, but, but I, I mean, for a reason. Like, they definitely, you know, like, yeah. they became... Uh, this weird, like my my relationship with you two is I uh like a lot of music learned about them in my parents' CD yes, collection. Yes, sure. right? yeah. I was like, "What's this, Octung Baby? That's weird. <laughs> Great album." <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. and I listened to it. And I'm like, "All right, <laughs> moving on." And then you know, years later, it's like, "Oh yeah, you two is one of the biggest bands of all time." I'm like, what? Those guys who did that German album? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they really did it. Yeah. Holy cow. Good for them. They're like Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah they're as big as Steely Dan. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really like start to like take note of their uh, normal comings and goings until uh, Beautiful Day came out. Of course. Yes. And Beautiful yeah. Day comes out. Featured on the Bandit I'm, soundtrack. That's that's right. Yeah. In the early 2000s. And that's when I was like working at a music store. When you know, So I was getting into music in general. And I was like, yeah, U2 to me is just this like kind of arena pop band that I don't really care for. And so it wasn't until years, years, years later that I listened to some of the older stuff that's yeah. actually really good. And I do agree with you guys that like that era great rock albums, you know? And but I just like I couldn't get past what I I personally already knew about them, which was Beautiful Day, Elevation, uh one, two, three, fourteen, you know, whatever that song is. So I <laughs> love Elevation, which one's that? The song Beautiful Day. I think Beautiful Day is a it's not, it's not like it's a bad song. It was just very, uh, very rote pop for me at the time. And I think that I, I, I agree with you. At the time, I was like, "This is kind of shitty," um, but like, yeah, not shitty, just like not memorable, not not notable. I'll say I definitely thought it was shitty. Okay, for a long time, uh, I thought "Beautiful Day" was kind of like, eh, it's catchy, but like, what is going on here? Right. And it wasn't until I'm like, oh, this is what's going on, and I started getting into what sounds were and right. like what what like what you can do with things um with with like computers and with um pedals and processors and beautiful day is just a 
fucking wildly processed song that is also played on analog instruments right it's played on these analog just like drums bass you get it um also bono's a great singer um yeah he's fine he's kind of a shit human though yeah controversial human he's kind of like yeah he's kind of kind of a wanker he's kind of tough to like He's, he's uh, kind of yeah, tough to yeah. like, but also at the same time, I really do like how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Now, the 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 album that beautiful day is on. I really love the album. That's what it was called. Uh, City of Blind, uh, not the album, but the song album City of Blinding Light. It's a silly album name for sure. Um, the, what was that one? City of Blinding Light. It's a really good song. Vertigo. That's one I was thinking. Of. And Vertigo. That's Uno Dos Tres Yeah, I love that song. Vertigo rules, and so does Elevation. Elevation rules. <laughs> and I even like. I I even like. I even like Songs of Innocence. You guys. <laughs> uh, we're the discovering album. Greg's the biggest YouTube this, fan I mean, on the planet. Yeah, I think, wow. like, geez. when everyone was saying, like, how dare they put us uh, put an album on our Apple products <laughs> for free and completely? Uh, it was like Christmas morning for in, you. Invade. I was like, this is good, guys. Great. <laughs> this is a pretty good <laughs> album. Are you hearing this? <laughs> you should. You should listen to it. They gave it to you for free. It's. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, for the low price of zero dollars, it's a pretty good album. This is pretty strong. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's one of those things where you know, you know, when you're out, uh, you guys, you guys remember bars? Sure. You know, you know when you're out at a bar. Huh? Yeah. And, oh. uh, uh, I went to one recently in BC. Oh, they still nice. have them on the island. Inside? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I'm working at one right now. But anyway, go. Uh, <laughs> but it's coming back. You guys. have a job? I remember jobs. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Jobs and bars. <laughs> but you're sitting at a bar and you're just like having drinks with friends or having a good time. And then suddenly, like, you realize, oh, it's live music night. And like a band setting up. And you're like, like, this, it could be good music, but like, I didn't come here. To see a band, oh, I came yes. here to have yeah. drinks with my friends. That is a withering That's, that's how I feel about the U two putting their songs on your. Eye. It didn't happen to me because I didn't have an iPod, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Where it's just like, <laughs> what a way to describe it. That's so, that's so I damning. <laughs> I came here for jalapeno poppers. Yeah, I was just wanting to have this. a good time with my friends, and suddenly Bono's screaming in my ear. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm sure it's very good, but it's not what I'm. That's not what I'm expecting. Sure. I want to do it on my terms. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I get that, and I felt the exact same way until I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's pretty well, then good. that's what I'm saying. Like in those that yeah. exact same scenario, yeah. sometimes that happens. You're like, oh, I'd get. But then the band's really good. You're like, oh, what a nice surprise. What, yeah. What a nice. Ooh. I'm so glad I was here for this. And like, what do you have albums for sale? I'll buy one. You know. And I'm not saying that um, they should keep doing that because it was obviously a very bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, bad PR move. But I'm also really glad that I got that album for free. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, why not? Um, and um, I mean, the, the the hardest, I think the, the hardest part about you 2 is that they do annoying. Yeah, you can sh- say, the heart is a bloom. Uh- yeah. <laughs> and we've got no destination. It's in the mind. Uh, it's a beautiful day. So the... <laughs> Uh, you too. Yeah, in this episode, I think the most difficult thing to like about them is that they do weird shit like that. Yeah, like have like special Apple products. They get put on your phone. They do a Spider-Man musical. Um, I do think my favorite pop culture U two moment is the South Park episode. Oh, more crap! 
Uh, sure. You know the episodes way better than I do. Yeah, I just know moments. It's called More uh, Crap, and uh, when Randy Marsh is shitting on the toilet, uh, a Chiron comes across the screen that says Emmy Award winning series. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, do like good so for them. Park. It's oh, a fucking man. great joke. Yeah, yeah, but there's just that like that hard cut to him in Africa. Yeah. Just going, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> to, like African children. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel about his activism. Yeah. Yep. 100%. You holier than thou. It's like, yeah. On. And it's, you know, it's the, we're sending our love down the well. It's yep. the, it's the whole. Uh, okay, but what are you doing? Celebrities doing uh, Imagine on yeah. on Zoom, you know? Yeah, like, right. It's oh, just like wow, you guys yeah. are so out of touch. Like you, you really think you're doing good, but you're not. Like no. no one, no one gives a shit about your your opinion about the world, especially Imagine. Yeah, well, <laughs> like what? Are you, fuck off. It was it wasn't even like put together well. No, <laughs> and like no. Gal Gadot is like just smiling the whole time like aren't I great? And I'm like you are great, but stop it. <laughs> yeah. I stop. just want to like you as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't make me dislike you as Wonder Woman. That's right. Yeah. And uh G- Giselle, what's her name in uh Fast mm. the Fast movies? Giselle. Bunchen? Is it Giselle? I nailed it. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, different Giselle. Different yeah. Giselle. <laughs> They're never getting her back. I think no. she is coming back. Isn't she coming no back for way. now? I'm Han almost is. positive. That'd be great. I would love if she came back. Me too. Yeah. I would love I mean, they it got if Han they, back. They got Han, Han back. Justice for Han? I mean, what's he doing? So, of course, they're <laughs> I mean, going to get him uh, back. That is the thing. Yeah. Um, that's too bad. That guy deserves a... I don't know his name, so there <laughs> you go. But, he's, char- uh, he's charismatic as fuck. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of weird there that is he... a, I mean, there's a reason why there was this weird internet, like... Uh, thing about justice, justice for, for Han. Han. Yeah. Oh, Stone Cold best character in that series. Because yeah. Furious Seven, I mean the the uh, Furious Furious Seven doesn't doesn't give him justice. But then Fate of the Furious is just like fuck you. Right. Yeah, Faith is just like, hey, that guy who killed Han, he's it's, just on the team now. It's, it's very much the it's it's very much feeling the absence of Paul Walker in yeah. in Fate of the Furious, oh, which yeah. is um just the saddest thing in the world. I don't like Fate of the Furious at all. I don't think it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I saw it once, and I don't remember much about it. So that it's, is they pretty do damning. mash together. We just watched them, but they do yeah. mash together. Which one's who's the bad guy in Fate of the Charlie? Charlie's. Yeah. Oh yes, Cipher. Yeah. I Cipher, don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't especially it's, like that one. It's not great. There's no like um, exquisitely pulse pounding stunt that's like sure. kind of real, but mostly CG, which yeah. is what the Fast and Furious movies basically are. Past four, most of their Sorry, five past five, like six and seven are very like CG augmented stunts, but they're still really cool. Oh yeah, like I mean, like seven, seven has the has the fucking thing that they did where they drop the cars out of the plane, oh, which is awesome. It has so the great. it has the Paul Walker bus jump. Oh, um, that Paul Walker bus jump, and it's got the um. Oh God, what am I thinking of now? Uh, the fucking tower jump where they yeah, between the two where they buildings. jump across yeah. the buildings, like they they jump the cars across the buildings. And you know who played the car? Tom Cruise, of course. <laughs> Have you guys seen that Instagram thing that's been going around? It's like um, uh, these are celebrities and they're stunt people. Who are you, who's your favorite? And okay. it goes through. It has Scarlett Johansson standing next to her stunt person, Chris Hemsworth standing next to his, Keanu Reeves standing next to his stunt, stunt person, and then sitting on top of a skyscraper next to no one is Tom Cruise. <laughs> what a maniac! <laughs> God Almighty! Uh, 
you, <laughs> I flipped through it and I was like, Chef's this is better. This is better be something. And then bam, it's <laughs> like that would be hilarious. Great yeah. payoff. Great yeah. payoff. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, but so <laughs> to try and get back on yes, track. Please. Oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, you sorry. two in the episode, what, how, how do y'all feel? As you two fans, do you think they adhere themselves well? Here's something that I like about it. I like Homer's joke that he's the potato man. Oh, potato man is so great. And I like that it works Mm because they immediately buy it. And it's like, where the hell have you been? It's like U2 is almost finished. They need their potatoes because they're Irish. It's funny. (laughs) There was was a potato famine in Ireland. And (laughs) we're still feeling it. So... The ripples. It's like it's it's like it's like yeah. Because of the potato famine, I guess all Irish people need to be ne- near potatoes at all times, just to remind themselves that things it, are better. It's better now, and but the you know cultural trauma still sends shockwaves throughout. Of course, yes. Uh, something else I enjoy about it is when they're playing their uh, incredibly iconic song "Pride in the Name of Love." Um, it sounds like it's a live version. It doesn't sound like the album version that is like a very large was was a very big radio hit. Um, it sounds like they like they've either they they probably took a live version that they had already done. But I like that they um, took the time to actually do one that has like Bono doing it. Like it, it sounds a little bit different. Like even like just some of the syllables, they're very good live. So a lot of their stuff sounds very very close to their albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this one sounded just different enough where I'm like, oh, this sounds like a concert. This this sounds good. Whereas a lot of musical guests might just play the oh, yeah. song from the CD. They also, I mean, Bono is uh, self-deprecating about his political, mo- like his yes. political uh, beliefs in that like he's got a, he's got an opinion about waste and recycling services. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that he's like he's 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 here to talk about your trash and that affects all of us. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a funny line. Um, I like how the other three are like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, pint. I think that's I think that's nice. I think that's I like the little moment of can I come? No, no. <laughs> to Adam Clayton, <laughs> the beating heart of the band. <laughs> Only you care about that part of it. <laughs> he played the baseline. He plays the baseline for "With or Without You." You tell Show me some goddamn respect. You tell me what that song is without that baseline. It's with nothing or without the baseline. It's nothing. It's just um, without you. I also like uh, Wow Homer. You're the real Lord of the Dance. As he's like sending security after him. I think that's a funny, yeah, a funny way Don't to worry. end that bit. He'll yeah. get the help he needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> whatever. Like. Big, huge stars play themselves on the show. That's uh, like I said. It's it's another like just kind of it's a little jet like yeah starting to get to be that point. And this one isn't as bad because they're just a small part of the episode. It's not you know they're not a big part of the episode, but it's an early symptom of what's going to become a major problem. Yeah, of course. Yeah, with the with the entire show. Um, Because even with like Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Krusty Comeback Special, I love that they just (laughs) love that they like. They they do their bit on the show. It's like a one off, and then they're like just hanging out in the bar after, you know. Yeah. Like again, like you two, I think are just a different band in a lot of ways, obviously. But the fact that they're just so um, larger than life, you know, like huge mega stars performing in Springfield for some reason, it's weird. Um, yeah, it's just a little weird. But uh, like I know. can see the Ramones playing at Mr. Burns's <laughs> birthday. 
Sure. It makes a lot of sense. I just want to say this gig sucks. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Spinal Tap makes a lot of sense. Of course. I mean, Harry Shear. Because they're not even a band. That's right. Um, and of course, and Harry Shear is one of the members. Yeah, Harry Shear is one of the members, and U two is truly way too big for Springfield. Like, like, did you see the auditorium that they had yeah. to put them in to make oh, them yeah. convincingly? Yeah, like this is at the time, like this is late '90s. So, is, are they still doing like the fly and all that shit um, with the with a big? I video? want to say this is right after uh, Batman Forever. Oh shit! So, so it's like that you know, era where they've got like the Batman soundtrack. And, honestly, nothing, yeah. nothing in the '90s like can stop these guys. Yeah, no. They like they have Actung Baby at the beginning, and then they close it out with the massive hit in 2001. I think is how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Yeah, which um, wins all the Grammys. So many Grammys. Like they're that's a huge deck. As big as the late '80s were for you two, the '90s were even bigger. Yeah, they're, I mean they have staying power. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely are you crazy. A Zuropa or are you an Octung baby? That's that's <laughs> what I'm talking. Yes, Zuropa. Oh, that one. That, that one I don't know. Zuropa. Zuropa is the same year as Octung baby. Yeah, it's like oh, this weird geez, like Zoo. double album. One was more experimental for them, and one was more classic rock. And Hilarious. they kind of take the Zuropa aesthetic uh, and put it in the tour. Or okay. is that pop? Okay. Sorry, am I am I confusing Octung baby with pop? You might be thinking pop. Zeropa and pop, I think, were released yeah. the same year. Okay, My apologies. Okay. I'm not a I'm yeah. not a YouTube. You're right. Uh, you're right. Historian. Pop, pop, and Zeropa. <laughs> but like they have like this big like mega um, concert setup, yeah. which has kind of gotten simpler. Right. But like the concert setup they they have now is still like massive. Well, it's still the biggest concert. It was I saw I saw them. I guess they would have been in high school, grade 11. So that would have been like 1999, 2000 or something like that. Yeah. And it's still the flashiest concert I've ever been to to this day. Which is insane because most of the time when you would think of that, like the flashy concerts are like for the solo artists. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a band. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Holy hell. And Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, so I'm just looking at the albums on Wikipedia and you know how it has like, so it has like the album and then it has like peak chart position in all the countries. Um, I was just looking at, uh, so first of all, I'm completely wrong. Octane Baby's 91. Yeah. Zeropa's 93. Yeah. Pop is 97. Oh. For some reason I thought they released- Pop is 97? Yeah. For some reason I thought they released Hmm. them the same year. Weird. I thought, anyway. They are definitely, they definitely feel like companion pieces. But both Zeropa and Pop, I just scroll by peak chart position- Every single one, number one. Yeah. Wow. Number one across the board in every country. Seriously. Uh, it starts, All That You Can't Leave Behind is where it starts to dip only for uh, Switzerland <laughs> and the U.S., actually. Switzerland and the U.S. It's uh, number three in Switzerland, number uh, two in the U.S. Number two in the U.S. Sorry, so number two in, in Switzerland, number three in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Um, All That You Can't Leave Behind is a great album, and it's a great song, too. That's the one with Beautiful Day. That's the one? How yeah. to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, which is the one with that? W- That's w- got to be Elevation. I, sorry, I'm going to check it here now. Oh, we're talking so much U2 right now. I know, now. right? <laughs> Are you talking U2 to me? Uh, Vertigo, sorry, not Elevation. Vertigo is the first single. Sometimes yeah. you can't make it on your own, all because of you, City of Blinding Lights. Those are the four singles from How to Dismantle. That's why I like How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb! Because uh, of City of Blinding Lights and um, what were the other ones that you said? Uh, 
Oh God, I just left it. Don't leave it. Uh, Go back. I I left it behind. It's all that I can't leave behind. Um, Stuck in a moment you can't get out of. That's a good song. Uh, That's a good song. I do like that song, actually. I do like that song. Um, Oh, fuck. No, I'm in. God damn it. I'm in all you can't leave behind again. Yeah. How does Man Will Atomic Bomb? Vertigo. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. All because of you. City of Blinding Lights. Those are the four. Okay. So, um... (laughs) All that you can't leave behind. Three out of the four of those I know very well, and Great. they're really good. They love long song titles. Of course. Oh, they like a they like like a, sometimes you can't make it on your own. Uh, stuck in a moment you can't get out of. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the earlier ones you were mentioning as well. I was oh, like, where hey, the streets yeah. have where no name. Have I still no name. haven't found what still I'm looking found for. What I'm looking for. Yeah. Like even with or without you is pretty long. Yeah. Um, and then pride in the name of love. Yeah, they couldn't even just leave it at pride. They had but to put parentheses. Then in the name there's Octung Baby with their seminal single One. <gasps> One live. Yeah, and you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah. when I say it. One something in your full of life. That's an interesting one. Um, That's also the album with the fly on it. I I I saw this this documentary on YouTube that they put together uh, circa Octung Baby. Okay. It was about like that they were playing Octung Baby uh cover to cover live. Oh wow, yeah. And then it was like uh footage of them like recording it and writing it. I think it was like Between the Sky or something like that. Okay. Um I can't remember what the full name of the fucking documentary is. That's what the but, internet's like, for. They show like they show the initial rehearsals where they're figuring out one. <gasps> they're just noodling. They're just noodling on it and like they show like how Bono writes his his lyrics, which is very very fun. It's very fun because he. Um, this is probably why I like the band so much, is because I've seen how they work behind the scenes, um, and it's like all three of the musicians playing their instruments. They are just riffing, right? Um, Edge plays like this just simple C key of C riff, and. Um, everyone just riffs on that for a while and it just keeps building cool. and building and building. And then Bono just starts riffing with vo- vocal sounds, like singing, like singing, but not oh, any just words. just like nonsense noises. Yeah, nonsense like, noises. And, wow. and, and, and uh, he's like, this is the melody. This is the melody of this song. This is where it's landing. And I'm going to put words to it as we go. Fascinating. So they are a music first band. They seem to be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Which is really cool because unlike a lot of other music first bands, the vocalist gets involved there too yes. at that point, which is really cool to me. Huh. I just very quickly want to read uh, the lyrics to "Get on Your Boots." Oh by yes, please. The rock band U two. Yes, from their al- their two thousand nine album, "No Line on the Horizon." Let's do it. The future needs a big kiss. <laughs> Winds blows with a twist. Never seen a moon like this. Can you see it too? Night is falling everywhere, rockets at the fun fair. Satan loves a bomb scare, but he won't scare you. Hey, sexy boots, get on your boots. So he's talking yeah. to boots, telling them. Hey, sexy boots, get on your boots. <laughs> the boots are going to wear boots? So I'm boots, <laughs> and I need to get on my sexy boots. Get on your sexy, well, you're sexy boots. I'm sexy boots. You need to get on your normal boots. I need to put my normal boots on because I'm too sexy. Too sexy for those yeah. boots. Right. For those steel toe? <laughs> People are loving this, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's wild. It's nonsense, though. Like, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. It is. I just, yeah, get on your boots. Such a weird little. That's when I, I, I think the last, like, 
single I ever like paid any attention to because then after that is their songs of innocent songs of experience, uh, and I have no idea what's on those albums. <laughs> I have no idea what's on songs of experience. Yeah, I have not heard that one. It wasn't given to you for free. No, it was not. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. That was their mistake. Yes, it was. <laughs> Um, let's all put on our sexy boots and talk about the episode a bit more. <laughs> okay, great, great. Okay. Great, great, great. But we digress. Yeah, but we digress. Well, that was good. I think we talked a lot about Steve Martin. We talked a lot about you too. These are two major factors yeah. in this episode. That's very yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I think the scene where Homer is rallying his people together. He's he's trying to rally people. He like has some he he strikes out at, at campaigning by being like at, at the at the nuclear plant that just says vote for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um and he's like, "Oh, hey, thanks for coming out. Putting on weight, are you?" Um Yeah, this random character we've never seen before. Who gets like <laughs> very side eye. Yeah. Which I, I love his which side I eye. really like. I that's <laughs> something I like about this episode. There are some random ass character designs in yep. this episode where last episode we were just talking about how Springfield sometimes starts to become smaller, starts to become smaller while, get, while it gets bigger, yep. which is very annoying, but they actually put some... I will say I think the only reason is because it's people leaving this, the power plant. Yep. So they only have so many characters that work there. Yep. They couldn't uh, justify having like comic book guy come out of there. Yep. <laughs> but if it was a different scenario where any Springfieldian could have been there, I bet it would have been like maybe not comic book guy specifically, but a character we've seen. Maybe Wiggum. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I'm glad that it necessitated this. Oh, yeah. Because it, it helps the episode. Uh, because it also wouldn't make... Uh, it would just be so frustrating if it was just people we've we've seen before. Yep. And it's an election. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not that. And that's one of the things I like about the episode. It's small. It's very small. But I do like it. And when he puts on his little suit jacket and his red, white, and blue cap, um, a la all the king's men, um, he really starts to go into that, what we thought was old-fashioned uh, yeah. politicizing, where he's just doing like a stump speech on a stage yeah. for no cameras or anything like that. Uh, and he's just saying crazy promises and lying about all of these things and... America has never accepted incompetence from its public officials. Oh, wow. That line hit hard. <laughs> that line hit hard. <laughs> and you know what's great about this is that he immediately runs out of money. And oh, then yeah. after that, he immediately resorts to corruption yep. and selling out his town. Yep. Springfield, metaphor, for America? <laughs> Absolutely it is. It 100%. always has been. Yeah. That's why it's whatever it needs to be at whatever time. And the fact that he is literally turning his town into a garbage pile is so biting about American politics. And about it's it feels like a warning episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. What was the year? 98, you said? Mm -hmm. Wow. Holy it God. does feel like a warning. Yeah. And it's one that you're like, this is this is very, very interesting because it happens. It just happened to us four years ago. And it might happen again. Mm. You don't know. Nope. Right? Like no one paid attention to that Green Day single. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that was a joke just for you, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> secretly, my favorite Green Day album. <laughs> I don't know. I, please, if I'm wrong and I'm not alone here, write in and tell me what your favorite Green Day album is. Mine is Warning. Uh, their lowest selling album of all time. Is that the album with Minority as well? You know it is. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a minority. It also has Deadbeat Holiday on it, a song sure. you've never heard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Wait, isn't, wait hol- don't they have a song called Holiday as well? They do. But that's different than Deadbeat Holiday. Yes. Okay. Ah, I understand. Uh, Deadbeat Holiday, get on your knees and pray. Yeah. That's cool. good. That's a good uh, couplet. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> So his his crazy promises in this episode yeah. are basically just the garbage men will do all of your chores, yep. right? That's more or less it. Yeah. I mean, take the the trash going to the to the end of the driveway, it's awful. Like that doesn't seem that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I guess I guess like, it doesn't. It's, it, like I feel like the episode tries to paint it as like because uh, especially in like the garbage man song and like some of the things he says is like oh they, like they'll air out your stinkables you know things like that like it seems like they're doing way more uh, f- but like for the most part like I don't know about you guys but like I put trash in a garbage can yeah and then when it's full I take it out to another garbage can yeah and the only thing I really dislike is I have to where I live specifically. Because uh, I don't have an alley, I have to bring the uh, the garbage collecting bin onto the street for collection day. Sure. Otherwise, it won't get picked up. Um, but aside from that, it's like this isn't that like this is fine. And if a garbage man, if like <laughs> if someone is running for sanitation commissioner, or whatever it's called here, um, they're just civil engineers. Great. <laughs> they're hired by the city. <laughs> we don't get to vote. Yeah, we don't get oh, we, we don't, don't get to vote on that because we're not insane. Like right. Yeah, yeah, right. That's wild. But yeah. let's 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 put that hypothetical in place here. Let's say there was an election for a garbage person. Yeah. Uh, in Calgary, and if they were like, "Hey, aren't you mad that you have to take your garbage from your bin to the street on every two weeks?" I'd be like, "I'm not mad, but if someone else did, it, that'd be cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd vote for that person. And then if like they didn't do it, I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just so, it's such a weird, so like, is crazy your, promises. Is, is your problem that the people of Springfield act irrationally? Uh, it's not even a problem. It's more okay. a thought. Okay. I just want to, I'm okay. trying to think out the yeah, episode okay. a bit. Okay. Uh, right. I'm just, I'm curious about what, because we don't really see once he gets elected, what the garbage men actually do. You know what I mean? We see, they they get new suits. Yep. Yeah, they get the uh, ice cream man suits. Yeah, and they yeah. come in and they're like, "Hey, we haven't been paid," and that's right. like pretty much all we really see of them once he's elected, right? Yep. Yeah, we get a little bit in the musical number, like they're doing like t- yeah, like, I'll, I'll take the diaper, and that's I'll the thing is like the in the musical number, it seems to indicate yeah, like they'll come and like clean up your shirt before the big policeman's ball, like things <laughs> like that. But I don't think those actually happen like that. Like that's I don't think that's actually a promise. You know what I mean? Right. Well, here's the thing: he's trying to make good on that, and basically what he's proposing is giving every household a butler. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. A live-in cleaning service that also functions as your waste management person. Right. Right? Um, that's fucking expensive. Yeah. Right? Because, like, garbage people just, they, they pick up your trash mm-hmm. and they drive it to the dump. Yep. The, he, he's, ex- he's proposing to expand their job exponentially. And that would probably mean hiring more and more and more. Yeah. 
people in order to do that. So he's got to hire more people. He's only got four point six million dollars, and he he's, spends it in a month. He's buying trucks as well, right? And he thinks that the only way to test if they're amphibious is to. <laughs> well, we know, Just and so put them in the water. Yeah, yeah, he's probably lost a few trucks. Sure, uh, from the from that, and they're not cheap, right? <laughs> no. I can easily see him blowing through this money. In, oh yeah, in a month. It's it's really simple for me, and any change in the uh, general generally accepted job description of a garbage person is going to is going to cost a lot of money. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but unions. Yeah, unions. And, uh, <laughs> and also, I mean, like, my dad spent 20 years trying to get the blue bins in. And it was always mm. a matter of bringing the cost down per month to yeah. the average taxpayer. Yeah. Uh, it was all, like, he had to get it down to, like, $9 or something like that. So they finally got the blue bins in. But it is, it's a huge cost. Like, you have to build the plant. You have to... You have to get people to stand on the like uh, the line and separate the trash that we all accidentally put in there from the <laughs> recycling and like it's it is it you can blow through money very fast on a municipal level. So, yeah, yeah. So that's where I see it anyway. I don't know what I was saying. I don't. I don't, I don't know what I was saying either. Yeah. I was just more curious about what his actual crazy promises were. Right. Right. Was, Are they that crazy? Yeah. Is that the craziest thing? I. I do think like this, when you put it as like yeah. it's a daily butler, that's a big that, thing. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I got from yeah. it. That's what like cleaning. I always up people saw it and, as like the always the, being the song was just like exaggerating. Sure. The idea and the idea was just uh, the garbage men will be a bit more active in your garbage collection. They won't just. It, like it doesn't need to be on the street, uh, you yeah, know what right. I mean. Like for them to pick it up, like they'll actually come to your house and be like, "Hey, like I'll get your garbage for you." Like that's what I kind of saw, and I don't know. And the way I see it is that that's a literal. Uh, that's like his that that is that is his promises made into a musical number. That is gotcha. that is. I feel like what we just saw, like that musical number, is his platform. I right. thought it was literal as well. Yeah, I thought. I it mean, was... it's like his his slogan is "Can't someone else do it?" Yeah. And yeah, I guess like the idea is and holy shit, how effective is that? Yeah, yeah. Like all you need to be loud is to be loud and have a good slogan. How fucking chilling is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, make, it's on make red Springf- hats. Make yeah. Springfield clean again. Yeah, yeah. make Springfield um, clean again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, you no, know, I just I, I think I always like was not a hundred percent sure what what the uh, the actual like campaign was. Um, but uh, but everything he said makes sense, so it's not. It's, I don't think it's out of the realm of the episode. I think yeah. it's just something me as a kid was always like. Wait, are they actually like cleaning up people if they spill on their shirt? You yeah. know, are they actually taking the stinky diapers as soon as they come off the baby? Sure. You know, like things like that. Or is this? Just or is it just like yeah, just Busby like a, a, a fun number. way to, yeah, to yeah, make yeah, it like yeah. this? This isn't what we actually are going to do, but this is like the essence of what we hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. Like I think the episode's too thin to really provide. Like as you as you both have said, like it's a, it is a thin like structure, um, and I think it is too thin to really provide a, an adequate answer. But I I choose to read the because we didn't really see his platform. I choose to see the musical number as his 
as what he the promises he ran on. Yeah, because like sense. the newspaper says crazy promises were the key. <laughs> it says crazy promises are key. Yeah, and that he won in a landslide. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, a landslide probably means that he made a lot of crazy promises, and like thankfully we have them visualized. Gotcha. Um, right. That's where I come off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does he d- does he quit the plant during this time? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, he's always out there doing stuff. Like, I know. I don't, I know. Like, what are his hours at that plant? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell at this point uh, whether or not he has a job or if he ever will again. <laughs> I do like the line, uh, he's a great nuclear safety inspector, but yes. I don't know if I can trust him with my garbage. <laughs> That's a peace of mind thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a peace of mind thing. Uh, this episode has my favorite Walla joke of all time. Uh, uh, that's so annoying in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Um, Walla joke? Is that like Walla? I guess that's. Yeah. I actually don't know what it stands for. But Cr- it's, crowd Walla is like. I've like never heard that before, and I love that. I love like we've talked about it a lot on on the Simpsons. They, I love the crowd. Uh, noises that uh, often Dan is the one who is very funny with. Yeah. Um, where they're like, all right, just make crowd noises. And then Dan is just like, ah, the taxes, the finger thing means the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I heard you. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't just crowd. It was you saying it specifically. It's really great. Uh, but yeah, it's so annoying in, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that is, that's, it's called crowd walla. Um, yeah. And I, Always, insider terms always looking yeah. for the for the right words even though i've seen them so many times when i've been editing mm. uh stuff because it's in the final cut pro sound effects suite it's oh there you go crowd walla 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 uh. and is that why it's called wall uh, this is legit i mean maybe this is navel gazing but is that why it's called walla because it's a walla 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 peas and carrots peas maybe and carrots. maybe, maybe. Like, i i, I don't actually know i don't yeah i've yeah. just always known it as walla yeah um should we Head over to the reference desk. One, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, Alan's gonna do his Steve Jobs impression here, <gasps> and just one more thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> or a Columbo, I guess, is also. That's also yeah, Columbo. Uh, Peter uh, Falk. Yeah. <laughs> God rest you, Peter Falk. You're another um, legend. While it's called rhubarb in the UK, where actors say rhubarb, rhubarb. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's an origin explanation. What's the but, etymology of Walla? But it doesn't seem to indicate it in this very small Wikipedia article. It's anyway, a, it's a uh, the final <laughs> the solution. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, the Whoops. final th- <laughs> uh, the all-purpose contingency plan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Plan B. Plan yes. B uh, for this episode is. Wild. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I maintain it's very important that he doesn't learn anything. Sure. I'm more talking about literally moving the entire town. Yes. How do they move the basements? How do they move the nuclear power plant? Yes. Uh, there's so many questions. It's insane. And it's silly. And I don't like it. I That's like all the, I wanted to say. I like the school on the truck. I noticed the school on the truck for the first <laughs> Just the whole school on a truck. It's just, it's one of those things. And I know it's a cartoon. It's a comedy show, whatever. But there's there's something about The Simpsons that I always loved that was always like still seeped in reality. And this is one of those like cartoon finale endings yeah. that just doesn't sit well with me. And surprise, surprise. Season nine, K 
can't pull off a good ending. Yeah. Yeah. I just listened to the episode where you guys talked about the endings. Yeah. And you and and like totally. This it does not have a great conclusion. No, it doesn't. It's no. like yeah, it's because I, I, I actually I enjoy the his his crazy scheme to, you know, collect everyone else's garbage or whatever. You know, like that is uh again with the satire and with Homer all makes sense. Yep. Yep. Uh and then, you know, they ruin the town based on that. Um, I think there could have been a more elegant solution after that than literally move the entire town. That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely be something done. there. That costs way more money than cleaning everything up uh, to relocate the town. But they had to, they they were out of Chinese food. They had to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we need to come up with an ending for this episode. You know, something like, uh, I don't know, they relocate the town, but not lame. <laughs> Smash cut <laughs> too. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could like I absolutely see them uh, twice in this episode doing that, being getting to the 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 trash pile, yeah. being like, we need to come up with something like I don't know something like Love Day, where they have a lot of uh, trash that they have yeah. to get rid, rid of, but not Love Day, not something that lame. Yeah. Smash cut to the scene where they say, yeah, not Love and then Day, they, and then they write that in yeah. because they're like, that's what we did. That's yeah. funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, and it is. It is. It That's is. A, it's a great what? joke. Yeah, it's it a great is. smash cut. It is a, sm- a good smash cut, which is interesting though, because I think this episode starts out in a really fun place of normalcy, of reality, yeah, yeah, of yeah. being like, uh, what is the what is the central problem? Well, no one in the family wants to take the trash out. That is such a basic uh, yes. family thing that is a great starting point for an episode, and how it gets to this fucking looney tunes ending where they pick up the town and move it is it 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 it's like we've it, it's starting to get pretty fucking weird <laughs> yeah it is starting to yeah it's moving down it's slowly eroding into the silliness that it is now. it's just yeah it's it's stripping away any semblance of realism yeah uh, from the series which is again something i is what I connected with early on with the show is that it was a cartoon, but it was treating it like a real, like, like reality. Like there wasn't Looney Tunes stuff. There wasn't, you know, Homer falling down the gorge is harrowing Yes, because if a human fell down a gorge, they would break bones and bleed. And I, that's like such a seminal moment for me is watching that because a very funny. Yes. (laughs) But B, I was like, yeah, that's right. Like when I watch, you know, Wiley Coyote fall down, he doesn't do that. And I was smart enough as like five year old or whatever to be like that can't be real. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so it was just it was really refreshing to be like, yeah, that's what would actually happen. And then the series maintained that for a lot of its run. It started to get wacky in, with like premises and characters in uh, you know six, seven, eight season six, seven, eight. But this season is when I start to see those wheels start to come off in terms of just just abandoning the even semblance of reality in favor of like something they think is interesting or funny. Well, let's talk. I, I really want to wrap this up, but you brought up something really, really interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's what I do, baby. Cause, cause like it, it's, it's weird for, uh, for the ending of this to be like, let's pick up and move the town. That's very cartoony and strange mm-hmm. and absurd and impossible. And then also impossible. But then you have like, you have one of the best episodes ever made. You only move twice, mm-hmm. and that is fucking batshit. <laughs> it's my favorite episode. Yeah, your well. favorite episode. It is fucking insane uh-huh. that that this guy. But it's because of this guy that 
the, like this outside presence, yeah. right? I'm trying to just talk through it in my yeah, head yeah, as yeah. well. Um, like, why does that work so well? And this doesn't. Is it because he presents himself as normal and then it slowly is revealed? Yeah, I think so. They peel him back? It's 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 because it's outside of Springfield for one thing. Yeah. Like it's a new town. Um, that is, that I think like Cypress Creek in general is based in reality. Like I, I don't think that's a cartoony or like... No, not at all. It feels know, real. It's, it's exactly what I would expect from, you know, the the whole homogenification and... A planned like, community. A planned community. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the bum turning into a mailbox, you know. That's very All that real. stuff is very... Because again, it's, it's, it's based in reality. It's based in satire. Um, and yeah, the fact that the whole premise is what would it be like to work for a supervillain? Because you see the Bond villains and you, you see all their lackeys and people who are just working on computers and just, you know, like just doing their jobs. And I love that idea of taking something fantastical and bringing it into reality. Into the mundane. Yeah. Right. Versus the other way around where it's like, we're arguably a, a realistic uh, suburban family and putting them in some crazy situation like, uh, you know, deserted island or, uh, you know, some of the stuff in this season. But also it gets way worse in later seasons. Um, you know, even something like Homer going to space is still treated very like this is the only way right. Homer would ever go in space is this weird program where like we need to get regular people and like blah, blah, blah. And it's not like, oh, they go to, into space and then they have wacky adventures. Like, no, they're just floating in space for a bit and then things go wrong yeah. as they would on a space shuttle, you know? And I just, I, I really appreciate that idea, that approach of take taking uh, realistic stuff and, uh, or sorry, taking uh, fantastical stuff and bringing it into uh, a realistic world and seeing what would it be like if blank um you're a big fan of the dark knight <laughs> i was thinking the same thing <laughs> the gritty real batman <laughs> gritty real batman <laughs> i mean you joke but i am yeah that's a great <laughs> movie why would you the be reason i loved batman begins when it came out is because i was like yeah like yeah. this is cool because like yeah. this is how batman would actually be in the real world you oh know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know the the studios in general took that and ran with it with so many things uh, and like yeah. to varying degrees they, of success they took all the right lessons from that <laughs> but, yeah they sure did but i but i like no that studio has ever done anything wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then what's funny is now in my superhero movies i prefer when they just like go balls to the wall yeah craziness and don't try and make it realistic and gritty but anyway that's a whole other conversation but yeah i just think that the this is like not the best example of like that uh fantastical stuff but it's just that ending that's just like really weird and and uh, uh again just like not based in reality and for the sake of a joke yeah and uh just uh, doesn't hit me as well because of that it legit does sort of feel like they ran out of paper yeah like it's <laughs> yeah, like, like oh, oh, shit. staples the- is closed <laughs> i guess that's it like it, it like it is it's very much we only got enough room for one stage direction. What should it be? <laughs> the town relocates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right, nailed it. It feels. It does sort of feel like the episode's still in the middle of its rising action, and then it's like final joke, and we're done. Yeah. Like, and we're totally. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. Um, speaking of finals, let's uh, wrap this up with uh, go to the reference desk. Let's go to the reference desk. So we got the title, of course, a reference to Clash of the Titans. The Great. Liam Neeson film and only Is that. it uh, closer to Wrath of the Titans now? How dare you. <laughs> Is that the sequel? Yeah. You know it. Oh, wow. um, 
Clash of the Titans also, I made a joke, but also a classic movie. Yes. Uh, Harryhausen. Oh, yeah, those skeletons. Yep. Man. Uh, love love will keep us together by Captain Tennille is the song playing on the love, uh, <laughs> what's what she call it? Love Island? Yeah, love. Loveville? Loveland. 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 That's yeah. it. Oh, okay. I wondered what song that was. That's yeah. great. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, Homer makes a joke. Uh, no more room for you, Jello. That's, of course, a reference to the slogan for Jello. There's always, always room for Jello. For Jello. Yes. <laughs> oh, that one flew right over my head. I did. <laughs> That's why we do this. Uh, and I miss a bunch sometimes, too. Uh, David and Goliath, of course, is a Bible story and a season of Survivor. Um <laughs> Seminal Richard shook his Gearfield. head at me. <laughs> um, and uh, for those that aren't aware, the joke, of course, is David does win in the <laughs> that's story. That's a great Lisa yeah. moment. It's yeah. really yeah. that's oh, a yeah. really fun. And, and they she... and they cut back to her enjoying the music in her head <laughs> yep. later in the scene. And I, I really like that. I really Lisa, yeah. am I wearing music. pants? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, that music in her head is for Elise by Beethoven. Ah, fantastic! Um, great, great, great. Uh, you too. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Was there? Uh, we talked. I don't think we talked enough about you too, so we should maybe should we dive in? Should uh, we dive back in? <laughs> no, no. Um, the Irish potato famine, of course, is referenced. Uh, Kojak, you know Kojak, the bald detective. No. You don't know him? <laughs> no, I don't. He eats a lollipop. I was oh, going to okay. say, he's the lollipop yeah. detective. Yeah, But he's bald, and so the, the bald technician, he says, out of the way, Kojak. I've always wondered whether that... Do you figure that's such a weird that's choice? So yep. specific. That it must be their backstage technician, right? That's Well, I was thinking that, too. I didn't... I didn't find or dive deep enough to figure it out because I was curious as well because it doesn't sound like a normal cast member speaking either. No, it doesn't. So I wonder if it is just like one of you two's Maybe even just friends who were just it like could very oh, like well. We brought, we brought this in. We want. It could have very yeah. well been Edge's guitar tech at the time. Sure, because whoever is Edge's, and they're just like we need to give her a line as well. Yeah, right. Well, right. the thing is, whoever is Edge's guitar tech at the time needs to deal with a bank of computers either next to the stage or under the stage, uh, because of all of the processors that go into making the effects. We weren't going to talk about you two. Are again, you talking you two to me again? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Uh, but like he, like he, whoever they have at the time is considered a fifth member of the band because they're so um, vital to That's putting on the show. Crazy, the fifth wow. Beatle, the fifth Beatle, uh, Lord of the Dance, Michael, Michael Flatley, Flatley, uh-huh, the Flatley yeah. man. Yeah, get that shoelace um, weird guy in there. The Garbage Man song is a kind of pastiche to the Candyman song mm-hmm. by yeah. Sammy Davis, or made famous by Sammy Davis Jr. Um, I think it's like different enough that it's not technically a parody, but it's like I was reading about. I haven't heard. Isn't the candy- it in Willy Wonka? It yes, is. It yeah, is. yeah. I think, okay. it's in I think that's Wonka, actually yeah. where it's introduced. Okay, it was written. I I don't remember the name. Someone someone wrote it. Gene Wilder introduced it, but then Sammy Davis Jr. did a version that made it like a hit. Well, he it's, wanted it's, to play the Candyman really bad in Willy oh, Wonka. Sammy, Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. Davis, he lobbied to play the Candyman, which is interesting because it's just some random British guy. Oh yeah, it's just some rube. Also, also yeah. I love how he called him the Candyman when his name is literally <laughs> in the title. It's not it's Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka. It's not oh, Willy Wonka what? who sings that song. Wait, what? G- Gene Wilder never sings the Candyman. No, it's no. the guy oh, working thought, in the candy store. I thought yeah. Gene Wilder sang it. No, he doesn't. I haven't no. seen that movie in ages. <laughs> he sings, come with me. Well, he sings a bunch of songs. you'll be. 
and a world pure <laughs> imagination. That's pretty good. Thank you. There's no earthly way of knowing. Oh yeah, yeah. the boat where scene. Where it is we are going? Yeah, the movie sinister is terrifying. As fuck. Yeah, <laughs> what a great movie. It's sinister as fuck. Um, all right, so there's a different character named the Candyman. I had yep. no idea. Yep. Yeah, and Sammy again, Davis lobbied to play the Candyman, uh, but racism got in the way. Of course, yeah. as so, it often does. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sanford and Son. Do you know this fun fact? Oh yeah. Yeah, but do you know like it's a direct reference to Red Fox? No. So Is it really? Yeah, so he came out to a Vegas uh in Vegas to a crowd to the the San Francisco theme to do a stand-up set. He saw how small the crowd was and said I'm not going to do a set for this few people and walked off. And so the band, unsure what to do as he was walking off, just played the theme again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just a really great Simpsons joke. It's a great joke. Simpsons joke, but taken from real life. So hilarious. Uh, yeah. But very God funny. damn, I wish I had the balls to do that. <laughs> no joke, eh? I can I cannot tell you how many times I performed for like half a dozen people. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, yeah. well, we gotta do Five it. Five people. Yeah. The very first time I was nude on stage. Uh, <laughs> throw that in there, drop that bomb at the end. But uh <laughs> Uh, the the first time we it was like dead of winter there were holes in the back of the theater oh, this no. was a garbage theater and uh, <laughs> we came out one day to a guy just just one guy we oh, did no. this two hour fucking horror it was just a painful we just screamed and cried the whole show nude um, <laughs> and we came out one day to a guy with his arms above his head sleeping against the wall and still did the show wow and it's just like come on Sanford and so this me this was a show where you were nude screaming and crying the whole time yeah. Uh, I have an idea why there was only one person. <laughs> oh, 100%. It was, it was for no one. Don't get me wrong. What was the demographic? <laughs> no one. Legitimately People no looking one. to get warm. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, it I'm was really a cold, dicey yeah. proposition. The, how much is a ticket? Fine. I'd need to get warm. I it's fine. It. Yeah. it was a really um, cold theater. Oh, now you're in the you're you're in the know of the industry a bit better than I am. Is it true? Because people have told me this before. Is it true that if there's less people in the audience than there are on stage, then you don't need to do the show? I, or is that just like a weird myth in the theater I world? I think it's a myth. Yeah, I people are just say it as like a yeah yeah maybe an excuse. Maybe people have done it and they're like, no, that's the rule. What is just like yeah. the thing they came up with? I think if you are like a producer, you should be like <laughs> you. If there's if your if your cast is five and there's four people in uh-huh. the audience you should as the producer be like no guys <laughs> pack it yes, in save guys, it no. save it just just save it yeah. save save it we'll do it tonight yeah and it'll be it'll be fine we'll talk to the people we'll get them to come back on another day yeah um like i i think it's like an etiquette thing but sure. I don't think it's written down it's anywhere. Not, yeah, That's, not an I don't rule. think it's written in any manual. I've heard that so yeah. many times in shows I worked on. People would say that, and it'd be like, "Yeah, I just I never knew where to actually look. <laughs> like, where can I find this manual yeah. of theater?" I've heard it. I've heard it many times too, which is very telling yeah. about the service that theater is providing. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we have yeah. we have mythical contingencies for how few people are coming. <laughs> That's right. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, and then finally, there's the uh, of course the uh, Native American pro environmentalism commercial oh, keep yeah. america beautiful yes, that right. is referenced at the end with the crying uh, native american um yeah very sensitively portrayed y- very <laughs> sensitively portrayed yeah. um i can't remember for sure but there was something that said like the actor who played that uh, native american wasn't actually native american i don't remember if that's true or if I that's a myth know. anyway I'm... whatever but there was a whole thing that came out where it's like no they just dressed this actor in 
<laughs> the cultural garb. Does anybody is any does that shock anyone? Uh, is anyone no. surprised? If that no. happened today, would you be surprised? No, of course no. not. The no. world is a nightmare. <laughs> Who what is our favorite joke from this episode? <laughs> favorite joke um, I mean few. I will I wrote I wrote down that's so annoying in the morning as like a honorable mention so yeah. that's that's up yeah, there yeah. for me um, I actually think my favorite is when they're driving and Homer's like I'll give you <laughs> like three guesses and it's like drugs drugs I'll have to say drugs too <laughs> Marge's <laughs> Marge's approach to it is so good because yeah. she's just like listen I like I have no other there's no possible guess but she says it like kind of like sensitively yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll have to say drugs too I think that's very funny um Mine is um, boop, 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 <laughs> when he comes out and then he says, oh, thank you. I'm not much for speeches, but I'm so grateful to leave you wallowing in the mess you've made for yourselves. You're screwed. Bye. You're screwed. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Martin delivers that so oh, wonderfully. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's the moment. That's why he's there for that one line. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he delivers it in just this perfect Steve Martin way that no one else in the cast could replicate. They'd be able to do it very funny, and yeah. they'd find their own spin on it, but no one else could do it that way. No. Um, and then it's buttoned by the <laughs> part again, and it's just really funny. It's a very strong sequence. I think it's yeah. great. <laughs> uh, I think, what's the name of the, the bear, the Mr... Er, Sir Hugsalot? Sir Hugsalot. I really like when Homer is... Smashing, smashing it, <laughs> smashing it down in the can, and the and the bear goes. I love you. I love you. I woof. I, I love woof. I love you. <laughs> it's like try, it's like pleading. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Uh, that that that's probably my favorite joke in the episode. Yeah, that's probably the one. <laughs> that's a good bit. Yeah. Um. Okay. MVP. Uh, Ray Patterson. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Ray Patterson as well. He's competent. He's pretty funny, uh, and just it's a nice like because I hate Homer in this episode. Yeah. So it's nice to see someone who's good. Homer tries to murder him. Yeah, he oh, cuts, yeah, his, cuts brakes. his brakes. <laughs> it's so funny. No one talks about it. Homer's an attempted murderer. Yeah. Everyone, well, everyone knows, but they just, he laugh. just laughs it off. They just laugh it off. Fucking Trump said he could go to Fifth Avenue and shoot someone in the face. <gasps> And and yeah, no one and, and he wouldn't get arrested. I know, I know. And guess what? He's a rapist. So uh, yeah, it doesn't oh, fucking gosh. nothing matters, man. No, nothing does. You can't spell president without rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but you all just thought it just God, now. Is I did. That true? I tried to put that together. <laughs> God, I wish, I wish, I I wish, I wish it, that was not true. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, we saw old Bill on the West Wing episode the other day. Yeah, that was weird. Oh, boy. Why pick him? Yeah, why? Why, why? him? Slick I'd, Willie? I'd, I'd take Carter. If you oh, want to, sure, If you yeah. want one of the surviving Democratic presidents and for some reason not Obama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, is this the reunion Could, Too busy thing? a schedule. Yeah. Too yeah. busy. Oh, yeah. no, but they got they got Michelle. They got Michelle because yeah. she's like kind of like in charge of the when we all vote thing. I yeah, think. right, right, right. That's her, I think that's her thing. God, what legends. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's kind of like if you, let's say you were uh, like at a university and you graduated and, you know, you felt really strongly about how great your degree means to you in this institution. And then like as soon as you leave, uh, vampire bats take over. <laughs> 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 And they send they send you a letter, and it's like, will you come make a speech for as an alumni? You'd be like, no, you're vampire bats. Leave me alone. 
That's how I feel about Obama. He's probably like, you know what? Politics are dead to me. I don't want to deal with any of this shit anymore. <laughs> they hired the vampire bats. <laughs> he's made like, what, two speeches on the campaign or something? Yeah, something yeah, like that. He's, he's like, very he's like I, yeah, I, I, guys, I did my duty. Oops. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he did it. He, he really did. He did it, and he, and he survived. Well, who's your MVP for this episode? I think I have to go with, uh, well, yeah, I think... I like how normal that man is. Yeah. Yeah. I like how, how normal Patterson is. I love that he's a bird owner. I know it's <laughs> yeah. just there for the cage. I know it's to, to rattle some cages. Rattle some cages. It's Leave the bird alone. Joke, right? It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, I like it a lot. I think that's a great bit. But you understand something about Ray. Yeah. He's got a bird. He likes the bird. Don't <laughs> rattle the bird's cage. I think he's, yeah, I think MVP. For some reason, it always reminds me of Batman Returns. <laughs> Sure. I mean, it's like it's yeah. like a political thing, and yeah. he goes in, and there's a bird cage, and he eats the bird or whatever. Does yeah. he eat the bird? He eats a bird at yeah. some point. Yeah. Danny, and Danny oh, DeVito man. eats a bird in that movie. Under under undervalued role uh, performance in that role, Danny he, DeVito. God, top three things he eats in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> One bird. Two guys nose. <laughs> Oh yeah, guys! Knows. <laughs> three fish guts. Three, I was yeah, say, just raw he have fish. The fish guts at one point. Oh yeah, point? yeah, oh. constantly. I think <laughs> he he's. Eats a lot of I think he's constantly eating raw fish. God, yeah, he was like Brad great. Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. He's like, listen, <laughs> I want to be eating <laughs> in every scene. <laughs> if I'm not eating in every scene, I'm going to find something in that scene to eat. That's going to be yeah, my objective. That's going to be scene. the thing. So yeah. you know, it's up to you what yeah. that will be. We got to find something, Tim. We got to find something. <laughs> What am I eating in this scene? I don't have anything. That guy's nose. Great. <laughs> great. I'm gonna eat that nose. <laughs> Oh it's boy! A, it's hard to pick somebody other than Ray or Homer because it is very focused. Focus like I do them, like yeah. I like uh, Quimby has one or two little jibes, like political jibes, which I don't mind. But yeah, I think I'll go Ray. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, this has been our longest episode ever. Really? Yep. Really? really? <laughs> yep. See. Oh, shit. So, I, bl- I blame you too. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't do. mean the band. Yeah. Just Aww, us too. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's been a lot of fun. This is uh, this was great. Thanks so much for coming on the oh, show, man. Braden. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, thank you. We're uh, I think we're just kind of like uh, savoring the last moments of what we're arguing about with the Golden Age. Mm. Um, in these last few episodes, I, I feel like that's why they're longer. We're trying to like. Uh, get into them before we start agreeing completely again. <laughs> yeah, with season on, ten on uh, how bad season ten is. Oh, that's it. Hey, that's where it yeah, jumps. that's it. That's Does it, it have a? Do you? Oh, maybe you've already done this. Does it have a specific jump the shark moment? One hundred percent. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. I won't ask you to reveal it. Well, you'll, you'll I know it's already it. happened. Oh, for me. Has it, for oh, me. What is it? What? It's it's uh, that man is a real Seymour Skinner. Oh, in Principal and the Popper. Yeah, that's okay. that's when the series is like never yeah. the same. And yeah, there's still, like, and that's not to say there's not some bright spots, but it's hey, just totally. like ever since then, like I just can't enjoy the series anymore. And uh, uh, the moment the the cow says tomaco is, of course, the moment I stopped watching the show uh, on its, in its original air in the tomaco episode. So tomaco. those are the two very key moments in my recollection of watching it as a as a child that like changed the series forever for me. And honestly, I haven't found mine yet. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to. I just like as you've as you've been sort of talking about that. This is the the slide. I've been trying to think of where I got off 
and I mean, I, I started this by saying I got off on season, got uh, got off the bus at season eleven or twelve. I'm trying to decide. Anyways, that's for yeah. me to work out on my own <laughs> on my own time. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope all you listeners can also work out that on your own time. Absolutely. And we thank you for listening. You can find us on the socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod or Two Bad Neighbors of Simpsons Podcast. You can email us at the Hammock District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can subscribe to our Patreon. Where we just, uh, yeah, we would have, no, coming up after this episode drops yeah, yeah, is our Simpsons D&D. Yep. <gasps> <laughs> just, just in time for Halloween, Just in baby. time for Halloween. We get um, to play some role-playing games. That's right. I played Skinner, and we had our friends the Cinevals on to mm-hmm. play uh, Lisa and Ned Flanders. Try and guess which one played which. We think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> uh, thanks to Brayden for joining us this time around. Thank you. And anything else you guys want to say? Anything you want to plug? I don't know if anything's happening no, in your no, life right now. No, no. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, no, I know. it's really I mean, not. That's why he's here. If you... If you... <laughs> Been trying to get him for five years, and I've been very busy until I don't know March of this year. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but uh, yeah, no, no. If you have uh, a job for me, uh, love it. Big fan, big fan. Uh, Maybe at the uh, trash commissioner office. That's not a thing I (laughs) know, but uh, trying to. You know, if you're an American listener, go vote. That's what I'll say. I'll plug voting. I'll plug voting. Um, And Greg, anything you want to say? You know, happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah. Ooh, keep watching the skis. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs>